Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Haven't seen you since last week. Yankees saved their season with a win against the Rays on Sunday. Saved it a little bit. I mean, technically saved it. Like, saved it, saved it? No, I don't know. But by a technicality... They saved their season. In came the Minnesota Twins. Oh, the Yankees always beat the Twins. This will be easy. No, it won't. Nothing's ever easy for the 2022 Yankees. Uh, yeah, through three games, it's kind of easy. Um, they shouldn't have won the second one, for sure. But they did. This is the Twins. So, I mean, it's getting weird. It's like this, this Twins thing that's lasted for 20 years might actually be real. I was in attendance for yesterday's games uh, for innings 10, 11, 12 of the first one and then the full second one. And after the Twins broke the tie in the 12th and loaded the bases, reloaded the bases for Carlos Correa, I said, it's going to take three miracles to win this game. Like at the end of Top Gun Maverick, you need to get Correa without another run scoring. You need to get the next dude, Lin-Manuel Miranda's cousin, and then you need to score two runs. And Carlos Correa popped out against Greg Weissert with the bases loaded and one out. A guy who started his major league career two weeks ago by hitting the first two guys he faced with a balk in between in Oakland in a 13-1 game. That's the guy who got Carlos Correa with the bases loaded and one out. Then he also got the next out. Then Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, one of the more clutch people that we have on this roster, don't hate, appreciate tied the game again not the first time he's done that in extras late and Oswaldo Cabrera my guy lobbing the grenade is the background today for a reason he hasn't done that I feel like since his debut probably how Steinbrenner was like hey we don't need to do grenade stuff but he's been a spark plug he threw another guy out at the plate yesterday he is the only Yankee who's not playing his natural position who actually makes sense everybody else who is playing an unnatural position it's not working IKF at shortstop don't think so Oswald Peraza at second base? Why? 
Yankees finally move IKF to third yesterday, where he likes to be. In place of Josh Donaldson, Mr. Paternity Leave, they run out the two worst lineups you will ever see. They start Domingo Herman, they get dominated by a rookie, and they sweep a doubleheader. First game was a walk-off, second game, blast, blast and a half. Very fun. Uh, and the first one also involved Ronald Guzman with the worst single-game debut in New York Yankees history, and they overcame it. We're obviously going to talk more about the action that was this week in the Yankees play again tonight, one final game against the Twins. They're not going to win that one, too. Are they? No, they can't. Unless? Uh, plus, Randy Levine, they let him out of his cage, and he's been doing just fine. Spoke again this week for whatever reason about Aaron Judge. People freaked out. Truly not sure if he was just doing ownership speak or if he actually was revealing information, but either way, not too much for anyone to get worked up about, except we are going to Giancarlo Stanton. Is he in New York for the long haul? Or are we sure? Cause this is another year where we're looking around. We don't really see him and Donaldson gone for one day. And already we've we're at peace. There's peace in the world. We sure we can't extend his absence a little while longer. Maybe bring up Anthony Volpe. Who's, Hitting 500 at AAA. We'll talk about that, too. It's not going to happen, but what if it did? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Lob is a grenade and a five-star review uh, if you so desire. Please leave us a mailbag question in that review. We'd love to answer it. If you're going to leave us anything under five stars, get the hell out of there. Just don't do it. Uh, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Four-game win streak, five games up on the Rays in the East. The Boston Red Sox did absolutely nothing. This week in a three-game set, riding a five-game winning streak into Tampa, so they can go straight to hell. The Orioles didn't do much either, but the leads are now five and six and a half in the quest to hold off Tampa and Toronto uh, and, and avert this 15.5-game lead-blowing catastrophe. Uh, and honestly, they're not really even that much better off than they were when they left Tampa a couple days ago, despite beating the Twins three times because the Red Sox can't do anything. But it's nice to knock some days off the calendar and also winning. It just feels good. It does feel good. Knocking days off the calendar is the name of the game right now. Um, You look up and down this Yankees roster, two wins can't have you forget there's still a lot of problems here, guys. Um, And the problems, unfortunately, could leak into the postseason. But we're going to try and stay positive. What problems am I talking about? Okay, Nestor Cortez comes back today. That is sick. Hopefully we can get three wins in a row. That would feel good. Scott Efros still on the injured list. Um, Luis Severino coming back, but still on the injured list. Anthony Rizzo, what's going on with him? Got an epidural, now is on doctor's orders to rest for 48 hours as a result of headaches, maybe from that back injection. Harrison Bader was ramping up, could be back next week, maybe not, who knows. Andrew Benintendi, broken handmate bone or whatever it is. Probably not going to see him again, are we? I don't even remember what was said in the aftermath of that. We're probably not. Um, Matt Carpenter not progressing as quickly as we had imagined, but never really imagined him coming back. And if you did, I don't know what you're watching. Um, Never was supposed to be a part of this team. Is not going to be, sadly. Love him. Hope he's maybe back next year if it fits, if, if it's a match, but I don't know. Then you have DJ LeMahieu, who may or may not go on the injured list with this toe foot issue that the Yankees have refused to kind of deal with and let him play on for as long as they did. The fucking Yankee and Giancarlo Stanton, finally, Giancarlo Stanton, who is back but not playing because he's not fully healthy yet because the Yankees thought it would be a good idea to just plop him in there and see if it would do anything. And this is what the Yankees do. 
The Yankees are insane. They're insane people. They're run by insane people. They will punt August by throwing Luis Severino on the 60-day DL or IL, by phantom ILing Clay Holmes, by phantom ILing Nestor Cortez. Um, what, what, what else have we had here? Who else has gotten rest? What other position switches have we made? But, but they won't put Anthony Rizzo on the injured list when he's been dealing with back issues since July or June. They won't put DJ LeMayo on the injured list despite an unreported toe issue that we learned in August had happened during the All-Star break. They'll bring Giancarlo Stanton back early from injury when you know Giancarlo Stanton, who is a very good baseball player, is dreadful when he is not 100% healthy. And you can look at the stats, guys. I'll pull this up quickly, and this is the last I'll talk about it because I've said a lot of things about Giancarlo Stanton, very frustrated with what it's become here in the Bronx. He's an incredibly important member of this lineup, but he's not here for most of the time. Last year was great, but hey, look, nine, through 90 games this year, does this what what numbers does this sound like to you? 214 average, okay, you don't care about batting average, that's great. 214 is really not bad if you're actually carrying your weight elsewhere, but is he? 297 on base percentage, 453 slugging percentage, that is good for a 750 OPS and a 111 OPS plus. He has struck out 102 times in 90 games. His first half of the season was great. Actually, up until the beginning of July, it was great. Since July, it's been an absolute nightmare, and it's been such a bad nightmare that Stanton can't even really have above like above average numbers at this point. Say what you will about a 111 OPS plus. That's not above average for a guy like Giancarlo Stanton. That's it's simply not it's simply not up to par. Um, it's not what's expected of him. So you have all these issues with the Yankees that stem from mostly the Yankees making poor decisions. Um, And two wins is great. Two wins keeps the cushion. Two wins knocks days off the calendar. Two wins puts us in a better position to face the Rays at home this weekend. But what makes you think that we, the Yankees, remember the Yankees ripped off five wins in a row in the middle of this shit storm. Remember that we thought they were back and then they lost two straight in Oakland. And then they lost a series against the angels. Then they came back and lost a series against the Rays. They scored three runs in an entire Rays series. So the problems are not gone. I'm going to celebrate a win. Why? Because I'm loving what I'm seeing from Oswaldo Cabrera. I don't care if he was 0 for 24 or whatever it was before his hit. He wasn't brought here to hit. He was brought here to inject some energy, provide value where there's not. He's been versatile. Uh, He's been a pleasure. Just a nice guy. Interviewed after the game yesterday, after that big hit. Like, you you, you don't have that anymore. The youthful energy. You, you haven't seen it on the Yankees in quite some time. Oswald Peraza comes up, goes four for eight yesterday with a walk and plays a serviceable shortstop. Like, what else do you want? Rockets coming off his bat. Why was he not here earlier, I may ask. Um, and then, may. yeah, I may ask. Um, so I'm happy about the direction. So all, in my opinion, all of these moves came too late, right? We've talked about this on previous podcasts. This should have been done in – Oswaldo Cabrera probably should have been July. Peraza should have been mid-August. We could split hairs all we want, but guess what? Two weeks, three weeks, making up lost ground there would have helped. Instead of treading water, maybe you get a couple wins in there. Maybe your maybe your leads nine games right now instead of five. So I'm happy with the energy surrounding the team. I'm happy with, and once again, we could t- let's talk about IKF. Let's dive right into IKF. I know you wanted to talk about him. Let's get that out of the way because IKF, Homer two nights ago, 
um, on the Monday, was it? Or the Tuesday? Yeah. He extended a 4-2 lead to 5-2 on Monday. Obviously, yes. we got rained out Tuesday. Crammed that into yesterday, and it was great. Go ahead. Uh, game-tying RBI in the first uh, game of the doubleheader um, in the in the 12th um, yesterday. And then the go-ahead game-winning Grand Slam in the second game of the doubleheader in the fourth inning. Um, so now, interesting scenario. Josh Donaldson is gone. And we have talked at length about fans being angry with IKF, right? And even we came to a head with IKF at some point. We were like, can we make the routine plays? Can we not do this? Um, but the anger at IKF is a symptom of the poor decision-making elsewhere. IKF was brought in and put in a position that is of second nature to him. He is not a starting shortstop. He is, an, he is a below-average MLB player. So fans getting mad at that is is misplaced. You should be getting mad at Brian Cashman for putting the man in this position, putting him in a magnified position to succeed in arguably the most important position on the field after a free agency period where the Yankees passed on arguably what was at the time, the greatest free agency class of all time. Now you kind of look back revisionist history. I think maybe only one of those guys was probably worth the money, Corey Seager. And if that he's Hmm. already back plummeting back down to earth, Carlos Correa, not having that good of a year, uh, Trevor Story, injured, also wasn't having that good of a year. Javier Baez, not that good. Marcus Simeon, also not really a shortstop. So no. problematic. So maybe you're glad the Yankees passed, right? But it was putting IKF there the move. I don't think it was. But to be mad about that, the guy's still been clutch. The guy has done a job he isn't used to doing. And he's also mo- maybe moving into a role that better suits him. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's the full-time utility guy now. I'd hope. I'd like to see it. I'm glad the whole stadium was chanting IKF yesterday. That was a huge grand slam. He came through over and over again. I think I think the Twitter discourse versus the real life fan base yeah. discourse is really yeah. different on IKF. Um, I think most people really like him. I, I think that the people who say he's powerless, so he's the worst player in the world, are few and far between. And most of them, you'll find them on Twitter.com. And a lot of the people <laughs> you talk to in real life say some variation of, "I wish he weren't the starting shortstop, but I'm glad he's on the team." And I hope he's the utility guy next year. Just like you said, I hope that's where his transition is. I hope he's on the roster next year. I hope he starts 100 games. And I hope he hits 270 with a lot of singles. And I can have coming up clutch yesterday. So, you know, the single and extras to reverse everything. After they pull off the miracle escape in the top half of the 12, knocks it right up the middle. 0-2 pitch, too. Knocks it right up the middle. No controversy. Um, Best ABs of extras yesterday. Trevino had a huge one in that in that 12th inning. IKF in the clutch. Uh, Esteban Floreal in the bottom of the ninth. Almost won the game himself. Worst ABs of extra innings. Ronald Guzman tied for every top spot. Uh, Peraza had a bad one, too. But it, it was nothing new for IKF to do that. This year in high-leverage situations, he's hitting 431. Minimum of 30 plate appearances. So that's, you know, it's a nice chunk of plate appearances. 431, that's... Third best in baseball behind Brandon Drury and Starling Marte, ahead of Andres Jimenez and Mookie Betts in the 4-5 hole. This is courtesy of MLB Network, MLB Central, against 96-mile-an-hour-plus pitches. Adley Rutschman leads all of baseball with a 500 average. Alex Verdugo sickeningly in second at 421. Will Smith at 405. There's IKF, tied for fourth with Michael Harris of the Braves at 400. This is a list Mm. of – IKF's on here twice. So of the 10 names listed – uh, it's IKF and eight stars 
eh, Alex Verdugo. <laughs> IKF seven stars and Alex Verdugo, who is a, a scourge on this earth. And how but, about the bases loaded stats? Yeah, what are, what is he, 7 for 10 this year? 7 for 10, a homer, two doubles, 18 RBI. That's ridiculous. That's just this year. Yeah, and I remember he had a bases-clearing double against the Reds. He had the Grand yeah. Slam yesterday. The 96-mile-an-hour stuff doesn't shock me either. There was a time this year when he had, like, three barrels or something ridiculous, but one of them was he rocked one off Emmanuel Classe to tie a game with two outs uh, mm-hmm. in the ninth at Yankee Stadium. Uh, that's like a nine. That's not 96. That's like a 99-mile-an-hour cutter. I thought he, he got a hit against John Duran yesterday, didn't he? He did. Mr. 102-mile-an-hour sinkers. They almost walked it off in the ninth before we even got here. Um, so uh, the defense, you know, it's hard to comment on. It's also hard to really know, like, does, does starting at third give him swagger? You know, is he back? He deflected in the post game. They were like, do you like playing third? He's like, I liked winning. I like yeah. winning too. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think, again, you saw the Twitter burst was absolutely shocked. Jaws on the ground that IKF hit a grand slam, that IKF came through yesterday. But the stadium, supportive applause, cheers, chanting his name because they know he's overcome a lot and and there are i mean the insurance run made mondays win easier uh his other two home runs were the direct cause of victories basically he won a game at fenway with a home run where the team couldn't hit at all every win they've already banked is going to be extremely important down the stretch yeah this is not breaking news to anybody uh this lineup they had a field day with the Twins yesterday. They shouldn't have won the first one, and they won the second. They should have split the doubleheader. Uh, this is the worst Yankee lineup ever, ever and it, you're not going to top this because this team makes too much money. The revenue streams, it, it, like they're they're just not going to put together a worse lineup than this. Even in seasons where they're not very good, the lineup is going to be better than this. Uh, Ronald Guzman in the cleanup hole, <laughs> Cabrera, Peraza, Higgy. Like, it's just, it's rookies, 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 Floreal. It's like, it's more interesting than running Hicks out there and running injured one-toe DJ LeMahieu out there, but it's not a ready-for-prime-time lineup. The Scranton Rail Riders roasted the Yankees yesterday and tweeted something unironically. They were like, this looks familiar or something. They were just trying to be cool, and then they got bullied into deleting it because everyone was like, you're saying the Yankees are running out of AAA lineup? You think that's nice? And they're like, all right, fine, we'll delete. But they were. They Ran a triple-A line on the first game, couldn't hit, pulled it together in the extra innings, got the job done. Second game, you assume they're resting LeMahieu and Stanton, and you're going to see one of them in the second game, even without Rizzo, without Benatendi. Uh, No, the only names you switch in there are Hicks and Marwin Gonzalez. It's the same lineup, but a little bit worse, because they took uh, Ronald Guzman, who's theoretically a power threat, out of there. But I can't even keep a straight face there, talking about Ronald Guzman and his 0 for 5 with four strikeouts and an extra inning, bases loaded, no outs, double play grounder on a full count. Uh, one ball four away from winning the game in the 11th. He instead chops one to first, ducks so Luis Arise can get the throw to home, <laughs> walks to first base, doesn't get out of the way again, lets Gary Sanchez throw one over his 6-5 frame to the first baseman, who is, I, again, it was like Miranda, it's small, you know, if Miranda's catching and he's tall. If it's Arise, he's small. Um, unbelievable they pulled that off he did get a foul ball knocked off him in the on-deck circle which I don't think was on TV because yeah, it's not part of the discourse it. yeah it's not part of the discourse at all Um, but as somebody who was there and I tell you he did get a foul ball rocked off his foot before he came to the plate in extras 
and then couldn't really walk. So the hustle stuff, I don't really blame him as much as the overall discombobulated nature of that play. Also, the ridiculous play in the 12th where Trevino lined a single. I don't know why IKF didn't score on that. Maybe you can enlighten me. It looked like he was going to easily come home. Somehow got caught off third. Trevino starts wandering around. Everybody's safe. Second and third. I don't know. And then Peraza almost. The right fielder made a good play on that. I forgot who was playing right field, but he immediately started bolting in on that hit and got the ball. And Luis Rojas is probably like, if someone gets thrown out the fucking plate here, I'm going to lose my job on the spot. Yeah. And it was Cave, I think, who did throw out a dude in the second game, but that was slow Marwin. Uh, I mean, he got the job done. Great hitting uh, with two outs and two strikes by our boy, Oswaldo, the background of my uh, photo today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, IKF, uh, there's value there. Like, And whether yeah. that value is as the team's starting third baseman or as a utility guy, I don't know. I think odds are he's not the kind of bat you want to expose or rely too much on. Similar situation with Jose Trevino. It was like, in May, you're like, is this guy the Yankees starting catcher for the next decade? And now you're like, clutch, incredible defender, solid bat, iffy bat, you know, fringe bat. Uh, good guy. Great guy to have around. But like, yeah. do you want IKF starting 159 games at third base? I don't think so. No. You might not know until you try it. But small sample size IKF at third, great. 
larger sample size IKF in the clutch and in situations where you just need to put bat on ball and find holes against high velocity pitching, he could be a more valuable weapon in October than people are thinking. I agree. I agree. And I think he, he clearly is a gamer. He's got uh he's got a pension for the moment, um, which, which is, which is value, which I thought Yankees fans and, you know, losers on Twitter would appreciate more because it falls right in line with the Yankees winning culture. Derek Jeter, a guy who's always right place, right time, always putting bat on ball when you need him to do it. I'm not saying IKF is comparable to Jeter, but you look at the stats this year and you're like, holy shit, like with the dearth of offense over the last two months and the lack of clutch run scoring we've seen literally since June, why is this guy not a little bit more appreciated? But whatever. Um, I think next year, just to put a bow on this, um, Donaldson's gone. Glaber's gone. Middle infield is Peraza, Volpe. Um, and then you have IKF kind of as the rover. Um, and then you have maybe DJ doing some third and second. Um, uh, and they, they, those two figure out some sort of u- dual utility role because DJ could play some first. Um, IKF, they were talking on the broadcast, would be the Yankees' backup catcher in an emergency situation. So, also not a bad asset to have, but yeah, once again, 270 bat. Don't care if the OPS plus is 88. I, I really don't care. Put the 270 bat at the end of the lineup, contact, get it in play, see what can happen. If he can hit in clutch situations, that's that's another asset to have on your team. Um, and yeah, it kind of changed things because Donaldson being gone and, you know, I, I think maybe Volpe should be here for September because like we said, the prospect progressions are not always linear. Oswald Peraza had good numbers at AAA. Were they knock your socks off numbers that said this guy immediately had to be an MLB? No, but the Yankees had offense problems. They had defense problems. They had overall morale problems. That's a guy who is clearly showing you enough at that level, at the AAA level to say, fuck it, bring him up here, see what he can do. Um, There is no reason for them to have waited as long as they did, in my opinion, and there's no reason for them to repeat history with Anthony Volpe here. You, you said he was batting 500 already. What, what do you, do you know the exact numbers? It's close to that. Uh, I think it's nine for 20. Like it, yeah. every day he hits more. It was eight for 17. I think he got one hit yesterday. I think he doubled. I mean, we basically talked about how, um, you know, this promotion at AAA, like <laughs> freezing cold, taking ourselves from like, six days ago it's like this promotion to triple a is pretty important because there is a slow adjustment period at double a the yankees want to get that out of the way in september <laughs> so you can hit the ground running in april and like now he's call up worthy like yeah. it's uh, it's not gonna happen but he hits triple a and he's just tearing the cover off the ball so the transition probably had nothing to do with double a or even jumping levels he's just as hot here as he was there yeah. it was probably just an expectations thing like entering last offseason, Anthony Volpe was a first round pick, not even the most famous person on his high school team. Jack Leiter went higher in the draft. Uh, they were high school teammates, very cool, but like he was outshone by Leiter and then, you know, believed in himself, wanted to be the shortstop for the New York Yankees, but uh, not a top 100 guy, not even a fringe top 100 guy, not somebody anybody talked about. Then he blew the doors off in Tampa last year, blew the doors off in uh, Hudson Valley. His numbers last year are going to be better than they were this year. I mean, that's, you know, he he didn't live up to his 2021 this year, but that's only because his 2021 was stupid 
He hit 294 with a 423 OBP, 604 slugging, 1,027 OPS, 27 homers, 86 RBI. This year, he stole more bases, 33 last year, 46 this year in 115 games, 18 bombs, 62 RBI, 831 OPS, hitting 260 on the year after he started hitting 205 at the end of May. Like, it took two months for him to get right. So the burden of high 2021 expectations, he goes from not a top 100 guy and not someone anyone's even thinking about as a top 100 guy to somebody who is in the top 10 of some prospect rankings, 12, 5. I've seen him on all these spots. Like, expectations, huge burden, and yes, big double-A adjustment, and going home. New Jersey guy, Del Barton High School, right? He's going to Somerset. All his family's there. Weird April and May. But all of these assumptions that had something to do with jumping a level and that he was going to face the same trouble jumping to AAA and that it could be avoided by starting him there this year. He hit the ground running. He looks like a major league regular. For a team that does not have nearly enough offense, and we could talk to the Cows home about Oswald Praza and Oswaldo Cabrera. Cabrera was 0 for 25 going into yesterday's, you know, in the middle of yesterday's first game. Praza just got his first major league hit yesterday. And even so, it's those two guys and Judge and Glaber Torres also homered yesterday. We're looking at four guys. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, 4.75 guys. Like, it's still not a lineup. So they could use Volpe. He's not in the 40-man. Didn't need to be protected. They could make room. Unfortunately, he would not be eligible for the playoff roster. I think I read something weird that the Yankees could petition to get him eligible for the playoff roster. It would create an uncomfortable situation if he was called up and hit 400 here too, and then the team had to go, well, to the Arizona Fall League with you. But ultimately, getting that AL East title is extremely important as well. Not going to say it's more important than succeeding in the playoffs, but if the best, if you can call him up now and be like, he's going to dominate and lead you to a division title and get you better seating, and then he has to go away for a while until next year. I'm ultimately going to be like, wow, it will be frustrating to see him go, but also that's fine. Great. Win me a title. Or even if he's there for the fucking moment, if he's just there for them winning the AL East title, there with all the guys on the roster, there with that experience, getting that at a young age, um, that has inherent value that sets the tone for a winning attitude. Got to drill these things into the kids early on. Make them them winners. Come on. We got to bring winners. Um, So, yeah, long story short, um, one more thing on Donaldson, because we talked about the frustrations with IKF and how people are mad. The problem with this lineup and this roster um, is the is the continued regressions we see elsewhere. So you have Glaber Torres, who's been one of the worst hitters in baseball since um, the beginning of August or the second half. I don't remember exactly what it is, but nonetheless, it's simply not good enough. He's a league average hitter after being incredibly clutch and effective for the first half. Um, you have, uh, Anthony Rizzo who's injured. So that's killing the roster. You have DJ May, who was a top 10 hitter in baseball, who's now injured and cannot is playing, but cannot perform, which I don't agree with. If you're not performing and you're injured, the team has to do something about that. Now they're doing something about it a little bit too late. Um, you have Stanton, same deal, rocket first half, absolutely incredible mismanaged injury. Now he comes back too early. Now he's underperforming. His presence in the lineup is simply not good enough. Him as a cardboard cutout essentially is not good enough, even if the Yankees think that it is. Um, Aaron Hicks, one of the worst players in baseball, don't really need to uh, elaborate further on that. Um, 
But Marvin the Gonzalez. twins thing, the, the twins thing, again, the, the this Crazy. whole the twins yeah. thing is real. Like Aaron Hicks kills the twins. Nobody's worse than Aaron Hicks with the bases loaded. Like Aaron Hicks is already bad enough as is. Bases loaded. He's he's literally a cardboard cutout. Clears his bases with a double yesterday. That got the pitcher DFA'd. Shocker. Yeah. Austin Davis, no longer on the roster. Uh, you gave up a bases loaded hit to Aaron Hicks in any capacity. You have to find a new line of work. Yeah. Or they're um, looking for a new king in England. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you look up and down this roster, and I uh, went and looked at the 2009 roster today when we were talking earlier, um, and they had one starter. One starter with, I think, an OPS plus under 115. Um, and it was Melky Cabrera, maybe. That um, makes sense. Guardy. This team, This team has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven – seven regulars who are hitting 100 OPS plus or under. Uh, that's, that's the problem. Um, and the problem is that many of them are getting – Donaldson is – Donaldson's the person a lot of people should be angry with. He's having a career-worst season after having a good year last year with the advanced metrics to boot, which is always a double plus. You're like, oh, he had power last year and he hit the ball super hard and he kind of got unlucky? Okay, great. So we can probably bank on another powerful season, not a career season, but just simply not a career worst season. Donaldson's defense has been slipping at third base. So now, in my opinion, the value there is not really there. You know, the beginning of the year when he was kind of when he was slipping offensively, it was like, yeah, well, you know, you got gold glove third base. You got a gold glove third baseman. So live with that. The Yankees have had defensive issues for years now. Let's just enjoy that. Now it's reached a point where it's not good enough. He is a black hole in the lineup. Batting 226, 84 OPS, 90, 95 OPS plus. Um, pimping, pimping singles. Yeah. Pimping a single off the wall, getting thrown out at second base. Telling the Rays to throw him some fastballs, and they're like, I did already. I did. What you stared at a 92 yeah. mile an hour fastball over the middle. Um, so this is where the anger, we need to contextualize it. Who should we really be mad at? You should be frustrated with Glaber Torres, who got his way, moved back to second base got the spotlight off of him at shortstop, now is not hitting the ball at all. I know the home run yesterday, that was awesome, but few and far between at this point. Um, Joey Gallo was someone who people rightfully should have been angry with. Um, The Yankees mishandling injuries from DJ to Rizzo to Stanton, three gigantic ones, unacceptable. Um, IKF is all the way down in the totem pole. He was brought in to be a below average player. He's been an average player, and that's what you're getting. So – um, Aaron Hicks should not be playing anymore. Simply another thing that the front office needs to do. Cut bait with guys who are not working. Aaron Hicks is a liability. Get rid of him. Aroldis Chapman, leg infection after a tattoo. Just get rid of him. There's no reason for it. Just get rid of them. Call their guys up. You'll figure it out. None of these players who are underperforming at this magnitude, at this juncture of the season, are not turning it around and are not going to be a positive asset on the playoff roster. So I don't know what the thinking is here. But that's where the anger needs to be directed. And I think it's properly slowly being directed in that in that manner. Um, but that's kind of the final thing I wanted to say. Donaldson shouldn't be here. I think you just rotate the infield and have a good time with all the guys who are there. Um, have him on the piece, have him on the uh, bench as a depth piece. Maybe he's playing hurt. We don't know. Either way, him in the lineup is killing it. Um, it's killed it for months now. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Speaking of blame, uh, more of the blame should go toward the front office, the executives for these decisions. Um, And that segues us into Randy Levine. Why do the Yankees let this guy talk? Even if the quotes aren't, even if his delivery is not negative or detrimental, the, the words are. The words are not pieced together properly because I don't think he knows how to speak. And now we're dealing with this this week, which is a source of more frustration. I just don't want to hear about Aaron Judge's contract on September 8th. I can hear it from the dudes on social media. Like, yeah. I can hear it from Glaber Torres looking at the camera That's saying, funny. pay that man. That's very funny. Like, we can do that. We can do little quips. We can have goofs and jokes. We don't need uh, uh, someone in the front office who's not Brian Cashman and who's not Hal Steinbrenner, so who doesn't dictate the money and who doesn't create the offer. Just an ancillary third businessman is definitely not someone I need to be pressed on Aaron Judge's contract negotiations when I'm already trying to watch this team get through a September collapse, an Just August collapse, a July collapse, uh, the last two and a half months collapse. Like, I have no interest in this. I understand why, you know, the big podcasts get for John Heyman and Joel Sherman, but I have no interest in these quotes. Uh, they're going to be misinterpreted, and even if they're interpreted, you know, straight across the bow, it's they're, they're unpleasant to read. Um, so, for example, the one everyone is, is circulating is, is Randy Levine getting on the podcast and saying, you know, of course we value Aaron Judge. You know, we already tried to make him an offer that would make him the highest paid Yankee ever. Um, nobody wants to hear that because nobody wants to think about the failings of the preseason when, yeah, Aaron Judge wasn't a 55 homer bat annually at that point. He wasn't turning in the single best Yankee season in modern history. Uh, circumstances have changed. 
That said, at the time, they did offer him a contract that would have made him the highest paid Yankee in franchise history. So just stating a fact, a lot of people took that to mean, oh my God, they're already outbid. They're not even going to top that previous offer. Never said that. No. Like you wanted to hear him say that. So you were like, oh my God, the eggs are already out of the bidding. This is embarrassing. Not what he said. He, but that said, I didn't really need to hear him tout his previous offer. That's in the past. I don't care about that. Everything is going to change in the judge negotiations. And if it doesn't, they're not going to sign him. Yeah. But it has to. Or again, they're not going to sign him. Well, my problem, my problem was him saying it's up to Aaron Judge if he wants mm-hmm. to stay here. And it's not. It partially is. Yeah. Does Aaron Judge, hey, Aaron, do you want to stay here? Yes, I want to stay here, but I want to stay here because of this money. The Yankees can't be like, well, you know, we offered you the money. So, like, now it's up to you if you want to spend your future here. That's. You offered him a contract that was at the time fair, that was, yes, minimizing as much risk as possible, and he called your bluff, and now he's on a record-setting pace. So you could have went up another 40, 50 million and avoided this, and now you're not. So once again, judge set the deadline. The Yankees don't need to comment on this anymore. They already commented on it a minute before opening day. To yeah. The whole vibe around this for me is, Oh, wait, no, no, no. Let's hold a podcast and let's have people go on other. Uh, let's hold a podcast. Let's, uh, yeah, Brian Cash on a podcast. Let's hold a press conference. I would do it. <laughs> let's hold a press conference and then let's have the team president go on another podcast so the fans know that we are doing all we can to keep Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge is the one who's resisting our overtures when, you know, Levine said it takes two to tango. Yeah, no shit, dude. No shit. It takes a negotiation. That it takes two people to have a negotiation actually move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, um, whose mind is that blowing? Who's like, wow. I but the wow, quotes look never bad. Thought, never it, thought about it that way. Never yeah, thought about it that it's way. just dumb. The quotes look bad. And I don't like that. Once again, why are we talking about this? Free agencies in two months. Let's deal with it then. Elimination could be around the corner. Let's deal with the bad discourse then. Why are we dealing with it in the beginning of September? Why is the team president talking about this? Why is team president throwing Brian Cashman under the bus? That was interesting too. Um, just optics that we don't need. The Yankees already have enough bad optics in general from choking, from pl- mismanagement, from Aaron Boone quotes to whatever you want to call it. There's enough stuff going on. They do not need the team president going on a podcast and talking about the future that he has no control over. And they are still choking. Like they're yeah. only not choking against the twins. They're a Jose Trevino frame job from getting three games swept at Trop <laughs> Field. Uh, and they're very lucky that they don't go back to the Trop to end the season. They only go to Toronto for three games. They only go to Fenway for two games. And I know the Red Sox are bad, but that doesn't fucking matter. Um, no. You know it. I know it. Uh, so they're lucky that they might already be through the t- most terrifying part of their schedule. The Orioles come in for three. They might be falling off a little bit. I know, but nothing's done. The Rays are coming in this weekend. You could be up very few games by the time the Rays leave town if things go off the rails again, which is highly possible because can't stress this enough. There's no offense here. So you beat the Twins a couple times. Nicely done. Nicely done. You had to. The Rays are coming in. They're going to be merciless. We can't hit them healthy, so why would we hit them decimated and still you got randy levine talking about offseason business as if 
know, it's one of two things. Is it like, is he already on to the off season? Cause he's given up on 2022 great vibes. Or is he just trying to derail the conversation again, distract from the on-field play so nobody notices? Because we still noticed. Could be. It's all sorts of nonsense. The stuff about the Cashman riff with Randy Levine saying, you know, yeah, it's, it wasn't ownership on the shortstops. If somebody had come to me and asked for money, I, I would have told you. But nobody came to me and asked for money. Maybe nobody came to you and said, we need 250 earmarked millions of dollars for Carlos Correa. Can we have it? <laughs> but they obviously came to you and were like, it might cost this much to get Carlos Correa and Corey Seager or like hey here's what I'm hearing you guys still want Seager like because here's what the dollar values are so hey you take this information you do with it what you will but there's there's no reality where like Hal Steinbrenner just wasn't consulted on Corey Seager for four months and then he went to Texas and then he called Brian Cashman up and was like this Seager kid you guys do any research on him Cashman's like eh not really honestly and then he's like all right well hey if you needed a check I'm here. Yeah, there are still some other shortstops, right? You still need money for Correa. I'm here. And then Cashman goes, not really looking into him either. Kind of doing this <laughs> Donaldson thing. Like, I'm really on Donaldson. Like, that's just not – that's not real. So, to start a Cashman rift this offseason, it's not like the fan base needs any extra juice or grease to make them hate Brian Cashman, especially – with that report that dropped this week, that wasn't quite as juicy as I wanted it to be. But Andy Martino saying, hey, I wonder if like the deadline took any juice out of the team, the shitty deadline with Jordan Montgomery getting traded. And then there were anonymous players who he claimed like, yeah, we're whispering a little bit about like, hey, are you, do you guys care about winning as much as we do? Like took the foot off the gas pedal with the deadline, shipped our friends out, put some people on the IL. Uh, I forgot about all the Ron Marinaccio demotions because it feels like this has been 12 different seasons. But there was a month when the Yankees needed bullpen help and Clay Holmes was clearly injured and their best reliever was just in AAA. Like, forgot about that. Apparently that didn't make people happy. Clark Schmidt was in AAA for a while. Gotta imagine that didn't make people happy either. Also makes you think the anonymous source might be Clark Schmidt because uh, it's the same concern. Who knows? Uh, but there was at least a lingering resentment in some corners of the clubhouse for what they perceived as the front office basically putting their stamp on the middle of the season saying, we're going to win it our way. Yankees feel like they want to outsmart people the moving people around to various positions is another example of that uh oswaldo cabrera in the outfield it's working why is it working i don't know thank god it is he's a special player but peraza our top shortstop prospect let's play him at second why i wouldn't um need a whole offseason to work on that if you're gonna do it might be volpe at second in the future people are saying many people are saying um but peraza shortstop he can't play there he plays second ikf is a third baseman he can't play there he plays short Glaber Torres is as good as traded. He's throwing up the Rizzo symbol. He's saying, pay judge. He's a very nice man, but he won't be on this team next year. Um, and, and so the Yankees don't do a single thing that makes logical sense anymore. They do take the foot off the gas pedal. They leave their best players in the minors. They bring them up and play them out of position. So, of course, Randy Levine is going to rehash the Aaron Judge pre-opening day controversy uh, in the middle of absolutely nowhere with no prompts, uh, just falling for Joel Sherman and John Heyman putting a rug on a hole in the middle of the forest and saying, come on our podcast. <laughs> and it's funny. You, did you see the videos of it? Levine's like in his car with his AirPods yeah. and like driving. What are you, what? The president of the New York Yankees, the man who is supposedly among the larger figures to approve gigantic budgetary figures is driving and doing a podcast interview with the New York Post. What is going on? 
And how do you how, how do you candidly do that to Brian Cashman, who apparently, I mean, not apparently, it's true. The guy's been with the organization for twenty years, twenty years, and you ask a very it's a pointed question for Yankees fans. Hey, what happened this offseason? Because that question, you know what that question made me think? It didn't make me think about the shortstops. It made me think, did Cashman not ask about, like, giving Max Scherzer that money? Did Cashman not ask about outbidding the Giants for Carlos Rodon? Did Cashman not ask about going up another 5 to $10 million for Justin Verlander? Did he not ask about the possibility of just cutting some salary, getting Aaron Hicks or Aroldis Chapman out of here, which is what fans wanted before the season two. So like that makes me wonder, and it doesn't put Brian Cashman in any better position than, than he's been in over the past however many years it's been. Um, But the team, the corporate Yankees, the Yankees who are famously corporate um, should be good at PR and they're really bad at it. Whether it takes four tweets to announce a bunch of roster moves yesterday or it takes Aaron Boone telling us 17 times DJ LeMay, who may or may not go on the IL and we're not sure, or will John Carlos Stanton play? We'll see. I, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll have him for game two, but we probably won't. Um, it's just a mess top to bottom. Um, and this is the stuff that frustrates me the most because you're a $6 billion enterprise. You should have some red tape. You should be able to figure out what's being answered and what's not. You won't answer something as simple as an injury question, but you will send somebody on the airwaves to, open up more cans of worms about things that fans are already concerned about. So it's baffling and it's crazy that this is our job, but welcome. It is. Uh, and Anthony Rizzo can't sit up right now. So can't I learned something I learned this week that you can't backdate an IL stint more than three days. That's a weird rule. I don't really get that, but the Yankees just sat him for a really long time uh, during a, a long period Hard. where he couldn't uh, walk around so it's not like he was very close to returning. They just, you know, sat the very sad guy down for a while so long that they used extra days shorthanded before they could finally put him on the IL, which is sick. And then when they finally did put him on the IL, they used Ronald Guzman. Um, it is, it's, it's everything this team does is baffling. And, and look at us. We're, we're doing a podcast that had a four-game winning streak, and it quickly turned into, like, Randy Levine, go home. I mean... What's wrong with the Yankees or the corporate stuff's what's wrong with the Yankees, right? The players, I think, like, people still think the vibe is wrong. I think the players love each other and the Rizzo stuff and, and Glaber is a fun look. Lo- like, the, the team is much less faceless than it used to be. There's a lot of fun going on in that clubhouse, I, yeah. I think. But everybody sees the Yankees as corporate because every so often someone like Randy Levine pops out and starts saying, Aaron Judge is going to have to play our game, and it takes two to tango. Why? Come on. Did you read Donald Trump's book from 87? You read The Art of a Deal today? Um, and then uh, you send Brian Cashman out before opening day. Like, pomp, circumstance, tradition, pride, power, pinstripes. Uh, nope. Like, take the bunting down, because we need to hear from Brian Cashman about uh, how he whiffed. Like, everybody's saying, like, ooh, a surprise press conference. Like, but I thought Judge wasn't extending. Now it kind of feels like he is. What a classic opening day, like, switch them up. No, actually, it's just a long press conference about how we messed up. Like, great. Good timing. Uh, well thought out. Uh, the Yankees definitely have this, like, pristine velour, but the, the underbelly is not what it used to be and not what people think it, it is, which is why 
you know, teams beat the Yankees and they're still like shocked that they did that. And it's like, no, you don't need to be shocked. Like one title in, in 22 years. Um, the, the Twins, though, are the only team that should genuinely be shocked when they beat the Yankees. Uh, I read today, I think they're three and 22 in Yankee Stadium since 2015. It's getting worse for them. Uh, okay. Tonight could easily be a victory for the Minnesota Twins. There's still one more on the docket. Um, but at least the Yankees got out of this series. No disaster through the first three. Should have lost one. Should have won two. Won them all. Those are wins that are banked. You cannot take them away. And tonight's game is the return of Nestor Cortez. Hope it's as exciting as we think it could be. Clark Schmidt, that means not in the rotation anymore. Probably. Probably going to piggyback Nestor today. Four innings of Nestor. Five innings of Nestor. Two innings of Schmidt. Bullpen. Bullpen got overworked yesterday. I have no idea how they won that second game with no bullpen. Lucas Litke, first and third, two outs. Carlos Correa up as the tying run. Struck him out. Correa was hurt. Correa Correa sucks. Correa sucks. Uh, IKF's homer with runners in scoring position yesterday. was third of the season overall, first in that scenario. That's one more than Carlos Correa has this year. No homers with runners in scoring position. Is that good? Is that good? Is that good? The Yankees might have uh, might have played this correctly with the shortstop thing, but then they didn't because they didn't bring the shortstops up. But that's mm. beside the point. Um, so let's get another win tonight. Why don't we? That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. All you can do is put a brave face on, try to keep rolling, because technically four wins is rolling. And again, once a win's over, it's in the win column. Don't have to think about it anymore. You can legislate it. It's fun to, but it's a dub. I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. So many platforms, and we're so happy to be on all of them. You can listen to us there. Uh, drop us those five-star reviews if you feel like it. Uh, mailbag question. It's been a while. We'd love to answer one. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. Um, you can also find us um, on yanksgoyard.com. Our bylines are there. Uh, writing some interesting articles. We're having a good time. We hope you're enjoying reading them. Um, hit us up on the official Yanks Go Yard uh, Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Had a nice man, nice man tell us that we were right about the Yankees all along and we should have more listeners. So um, I appreciate the smoke uh, being blown straight up my ass. Feels very good. Um, I hope to inform more people, maybe keep the vibes in check. Uh, like we said, we've talked about the problems with this team um that we didn't think went away despite the 61 and 23 start turns out we were right so i'll take the dub there um and until then folks we'll talk to you again on monday let's get a dub tonight set the tone for the race series over this weekend um this could be the season definer this weekend and we hope you enjoy it and we'll talk to you again on monday right here yep and no thanks to the boston red sox for going to the trop and again doing absolutely nothing Uh, your souls will not fall in the kingdom of heaven. We'll see you on Monday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 